news at all recently, but it definitely seems, and sorry for the pop, I just plugged in my laptop, but uh, I don't know if you've been watching the news recently, but it seems like things are starting to get kind of crazy again uh, with all the COVID stuff and with all, uh, with the stuff that's going on in the government, uh, both sides uh, going after each other with legal means, and it's just all crazy, and I don't care what side you're on, but it's a pretty easy thing to say that uh, people have lost trust in the government, right? Uh, and so my, the title of my sermon this morning, I was thinking about this for a while, and um, it's Lessons from Tyrants. And the reason why I bring this up is because some people look at everything that's going on and are very quick to rebel, right? Very quick to rebel against the government. Uh, and that comes from kind of this rebellious spirit that we have as Americans. Uh, but also, some people are very quick to comply no matter what, right? And so the, the reality is, is that we need to, what the Bible tells us to do is, is kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, we are to submit to our authorities. That is a very clearly taught thing in the Bible. Uh, but there are instances where we are to not listen. So before we go open up God's word this morning, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for this church and uh, for the ministry uh, that is going on here in Armona. Uh, I pray, Lord, that as we move forward this morning, that you would help us to understand um, that the authorities that are in place are put in place by you, Lord. Um, even if uh, we don't think that they are the best, uh, that they are still better than the alternative, which is lawlessness. Uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, again, as we go forward this morning, that you would just keep our hearts and our minds open to what you have to teach us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you would, uh, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 13. Um, we're going to read verses 1 through 7. Uh, and this is basically the quintessential passage for submitting to authority. It's very clearly taught here. Uh, there's really not much arguing with this. So Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority uh, resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he, sorry, for he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister." an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscious uh, sake. Uh, for because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers at attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And so again, sometimes as Americans, this is a very difficult thing for us to take. After all, taxes were one of the big things that helped us start our country, 
right? Uh, nobody, even to this day, Americans don't like to pay taxes, right? Like, I, I, I'm with you there on that. But the Bible very much does call for us to submit. Uh, and again, we don't have a king in this country. We have a president that is elected every four years. But understand that in biblical times, they were very used to the idea of having rulers, now, what was the alternative to that, the alternative to having rulers? Well, it was complete anarchy. And this is what Paul is writing about here, this evil that would go on without these rulers. And so we have to understand the context a little bit of what is happening here. And so basically, what we need to understand is that bad government is better than no government, okay? And so that's, that's a very important thing. So before we go on this morning and talk about some of the exceptions to submitting to government, because there are exceptions in the Bible, but we need to go with the basic premise that we are to submit. We have to have that heart there, that that is what God wants us to do. Now, again, there are circumstances where we do not, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And how, uh, what does that look like? And that's a very important part of this morning as well. Uh, does that mean that we rebel and we overthrow our government? No, because that's never okay in the Bible, okay? Overthrowing the government is pretty much always a bad thing, okay? So the first tyrant that we are going to look at this morning is Pharaoh. Uh, we've been discussing this. Uh, on uh, Sundays and Wednesday nights, uh, going through the book of Exodus. But Pharaoh in the book of Exodus was a very bad guy. Uh, he grew fearful of the Israelites uh, as they were growing in strength, uh, and he was afraid that they would join their enemies. And so he started putting some very uh, harsh conditions on them uh, and even went to the point of commanding that all of their uh, male children would be killed. Okay, that the midwives were to kill these children. And so what is the midwives' response to this? We see this in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. It says, Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was uh, Sifra, uh, and the name of the other, Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women... And see them on the birth stools. If it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But notice this. It says, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king, the authority at the time, is commanding them to kill these male children. But it says that they feared God. They looked at God above the king and decided not to do that. And so what does that tell us uh, today? Well, if our government is commanding us to do something that is morally wrong, we are to not do that. It doesn't say that they fought against the Pharaoh. They just simply did not follow the order that they were given. There's a big difference between that. Okay? There's a big difference between civil uh, disobedience and rebellion. The Bible talks uh, quite a few times about civil disobedience. But again, rebellion is not okay. So the next tyrant 
that we are going to look at that tells us some things about how we are to respond to governments that are uh, not uh, favorable to us is Saul, right? So the next tyrant here is Saul. Now, Saul was, it, it said that God was removing Israel from him, that God was removing the kingdom from him and giving it to another, right? That other person was David. And Saul caught on that this, that David was the guy that was supposed to uh, secede him, uh, that, that David was the guy that God wanted as the king. And so what does Saul do? He, he wants to hold on to power, uh, and he tries to kill David. He's, he tries for many, many years to kill David. And so here's an instance where David responds to Saul in this. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 4 through 7. It says, Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him uh, as, as it seems good to you. This is David's men talking to him here. It says, And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. So David does act against Saul here, but notice what David says after this. It says, Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he cut... Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing as he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. So Saul is literally trying to kill David all along with this. And David cuts off a piece of Saul's robe and says his heart troubled him. David is, David's conscience is, is wrapped with guilt over this. David's like, this was not right that I acted against my master, even though Saul was trying to kill him. So what does that tell us? No matter how bad our government is, what are we supposed to do? We need to let God handle it, right? We need to not rebel against those things. Again, disobeying is one thing, but rebelling is another thing altogether. And so David tells his servants to not do anything. And later we see that God would take Saul out in God's time. David was to wait and let God handle it. And that is the same thing that we need to do when things get really bad, is wait and let God handle it. The next tyrant here is Nebuchadnezzar. And we've heard this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, quite a bit. I, I mean, everybody hears that in Sunday school. Nebuchadnezzar uh, sets up this idol and commands everyone to worship it. Uh, this big golden idol of himself. And how you know, egotistical is that, right? We think some of our leaders are egotistical. Look at, look at Nebuchadnezzar there. He literally set up a statue of himself and said, you need to worship this and not your God, right? That should tell us one thing right off the bat, that 
uh, if the government is commanding us to uh, put them above God, we're to not listen to that. And that's a, that's a running theme throughout this. If we, if we look at the government as above God, that's a problem, right? We Even in Romans there in that passage, who put the government in charge? God did. That means God is above the government. So there is a hierarchy there. And so we obey the government unless it goes against God. And so that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do. But there's some more things that we can learn from these, these three Hebrew boys here. Uh, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, after the king is commanding them to do this, otherwise they will be thrown in the fiery furnace. They respond like this. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. And it says, But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. So what can we learn from this? Well, first of all, they simply said, no, we're not going to do that. Okay? We are not going to worship the idol that you have set up. But, again, did they fight back? No. They, they went quietly, right? <clears throat> they trusted that God was going to deliver them. They, they said, you know, our God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us from your hand, right? Remember, just before this, Nebuchadnezzar was basically challenging God here, saying, who is able to deliver you from my hand? And they said, our God is able to deliver us from your hand and will deliver us. But the very next thing that they say is so important there. They say, but if not. See, they fully believed that God would deliver them, but they also understood that that might not happen. Because it might not be God's will. It might be God's will for them to be martyred. And they were willing to accept that. You see, going against the government does not mean that we just don't have any consequences. There are consequences, and we need to accept those consequences. If we are going to not do something that the government orders us to do, we need to be willing to accept the consequences of that because that is breaking the law. But if we are following God and that is higher than that, we need to be willing to accept that and trust that God is going to work it out. So it's so important there. They, they, they understood what they were doing. And then you know, the consequences were very real to them. What, is the, what does Nebuchadnezzar say that he's going to... What does he do? What does he tell... He commands that it be heated seven times hotter than normal. And so that, that fiery furnace was very real to them. I believe that until that very moment that where they were cast into the fire, there was still 
uh, a bit of a question in their minds, is God going to come through for us here? But they still, they had the faith to, to do it. So we need to trust God, but we need to understand that it might not be always God's will that we're just going to get out of a situation that we're in. We need to be willing to do it anyway. The next king here is Darius. And this is still in the book of Daniel here. Uh, this is Daniel in the lion's den, right? Another uh, Sunday school story that we talk about. And this tells us some very important things, too, about when to go against the government and when not to. You see, Darius was now saying that, well, you can't pray to your God. You can only pray to me for 30 days, right? Uh, just, a, just, a, just a period of time where all, direct, all worship needs to be directed towards me, right? It's kind of funny. We've heard about periods of time before. Oh, just... Just this period of time, right? God will not let, God does not want governments to take worship away from him at all. Okay? But Daniel does something very interesting here, and we'll see in this passage that uh, he prays just as he always had, right? Just as he'd he done before. And I'll talk about that a bit more. Uh, after we read through this. Daniel chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. It says, So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the satraps, uh, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute uh, to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that w when the writing was signed, he went home, and in the, his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he wasn't hiding here, he wasn't doing this in secret, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So sometimes when the government tells us not to do something, as with COVID uh, a couple years ago, Sometimes people then take that opportunity that never were really going to church consistently before, get all angry uh, about it, and then go, hey, you can't tell me not to go to church. Well, hey, you weren't going to church before. Why are you angry about it now, right? And so really what, what, this, is, what this tells us here, and Daniel praying with his windows open, that was his custom. He did that all along. And so Daniel wasn't making a big show of his praying to God three times a day. He did the same thing that he always did. And so we need to be going to church and doing things all along. Then if the government tells us not to, we just continue doing what we already did before. This also means that we, if we were to stay open, 
We don't make a big show of it and go, hey, we're doing this. We're going against the government. We're uh, attracting attention to it. That's not what we're to do. We're to continue doing everything as we did before. Again, this is not an act of rebellion here. This is just continue to worshiping God no matter what the government says about it. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, wow, he's just going through Old Testament examples. What about the New Testament, right? Well, there's uh, New Testament's a much shorter period of time, and the ruler that was in charge was various kings of Rome, Caesar, okay? Caesar was in charge in Rome. So he's the last tyrant that we're going to look at today. There is one more, but I, I kind of cut it out because then it was getting into Revelation, and uh, I just said, okay, that's for another time. But... Uh, I do want to look at Caesar this morning. Caesar was a plague on Christians. Uh, he was terrible. And there are many instances uh, throughout Scripture where we can point to Caesar being a tyrant. Uh, but uh, I do want to direct us towards one specific instance in Acts. Acts chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. This is uh, when Paul is going and preaching and the people kind of go against Paul. He's staying with someone named Jason. Uh, and the people kind of don't like, the, uh, some of the people aren't converted, right? And they don't like what Paul is preaching. And they go to find him uh, and basically could, can't find him and drag Jason out and say, this is, this is someone that says there is a Lord higher than Caesar, Jesus Christ. That's what they drag him out of his house for, right? So we're going to read that right now. It says, uh, Now when they had passed through uh, Amphipolis uh, and Apollonia, uh, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, uh, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them for the, from the Scriptures explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, this is Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks, uh, and not a few of them, uh, or sorry, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious, uh, took some of, uh, of the evil men, from the marketplace and gathered a mob. By the way, this word for mob here is interesting. Just a side note is the word ecclesia. This is the same word where we get for church. Okay, so it, the word ecclesia is not always translated to church. Just so you know, it's a, a an assembly called out for a purpose. And so that's what this mob exactly was. It, it was an assembly called out for a purpose. Now that was an evil purpose, but uh, just a side note here, teachable moment. That one was for free. All right. Uh, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason uh, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned uh, the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them 
And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Now, the Bible points out, the Bible is saying that they were right for acting contrary here, right? Uh, and it says, saying that there is another king, Jesus, right? So they are going against the government by declaring that Jesus is Lord, by preaching the gospel, right? Because that's what Paul was doing in the synagogue. He was preaching the gospel. And so he was acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, the king, right? By preaching the gospel. And for that, they drag Jason out uh, to the, the rulers of the city uh, to it, basically get, imprison him and, and do all kinds of uh, things. I think it's interesting here that uh, they talk about, you know, they're blaming Paul uh, for turning the world upside down, right? That's an amazing thing. The gospel of Christ was turning the world upside down there. Uh, we need that today, right? We need the gospel of Christ to be turning the world upside down. Uh, that's a good thing. But what I'm getting at here is that we are to listen to the government. There's a lot of laws that are right for us to do or don't do. Paying taxes, believe it or not, uh, is a good thing as far as the Bible is concerned. Our government needs to run. Anarchy is evil. Think about this. If man was left to his own devices completely, what happens? Only evil comes out, comes from that. And so bad government, as much as we hate it, is still better than the alternative. And that's what Paul is talking about there in Romans, that they need to submit to the authorities. And he's not talking about countering evil with evil. What he's telling them to do is counter the evil government with good, with doing the right thing. But we also need to remember that the God that we serve is higher than our government. And so we are to listen to our government until it counters the Bible, until it is contrary to the Word of God. If it is contrary to the Word of God, we simply disobey. That's it. Nothing more than that. Disobey and follow the Word of God. That's that, it's like when, and something that we do understand today, uh, when states' laws, right, when states make laws that are against the Constitution, what happens? Well, there's lawsuits and they put, bring it up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court deliberates on it because that is the higher court, right? And then things get set right, hopefully. That's in theory anyway. Well, that's what we are to do when the government goes against Scripture. We go to the higher authority. And we don't try to overthrow the government. We wait for God to do that. As long as our government is in charge, it's because God is allowing our government to be in charge. We need to understand that. And so when God overthrows our government, that is when it's supposed to be out. Okay? So in conclusion this morning, as Piansen's song later come, I have one more scripture that I wanted to look at. This is when they were literally commanded not to preach about Jesus. They were told 
in no uncertain words, do not speak about that. Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. It says, So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, or sorry, more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We can't stop. So you be the judge of whether that's right or not. I mean, he was obviously saying that it's right to listen to God over them. But he was saying, you do what you want to do, but I'm going to keep preaching. And that's, that's my stance going forward. They can do whatever they want, but I'm going to keep preaching. That's it. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you might be wondering, well, what would make you want to go to that extent to follow him? Well, that's because Jesus Christ came and died for my sins. He came and died for the sins of the world. He was born, he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross for every single one of us. That way we could have eternal life. That way we could have peace between us and God. Not just peace in the world, but be between us and God. That is such an amazing thing. There is now a mended relationship between us and God if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And to me, that is worth fighting for. And so if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, I would invite you to accept him as your Lord and Savior. That way you could have eternity with him. That's what he promises us. Life for eternity. It's an amazing thing. Repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ. That's all you need to do this morning, and you will be saved. May we stand?